Sir, I'm giving you 175 years, which is 2,100 months. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. That clip was Judge Rosemary Aquilina, part of her statement to Larry Nasser, the doctor from uh, USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University, sentenced yesterday to 40 to 175 years in prison for the sex abuse that he uh, visited upon athletes, women athletes at the university and at USAM Gymnastics over a long period of time. That sentence, uh, of course, uh, I think was made to make a point beyond just how long he will stay in jail. It was meant to send a message. Uh, one of the things we want to talk about during this hour is whether the judge sort of went outside of her lane a little bit during the sentencing hearing, talking to uh, Larry Nasser about the things that he did and what she thought about him. Uh, but, but first, we want to talk some just about the scale of the victimization here and how it's something that we have never seen in collegiate-level sports, not even with Jerry Sandusky at Penn State. And yet, no one was fired at Michigan State for its handling of this case. Yesterday, the university president, Luanna K. Simon, finally said she would resign under immense public pressure. The NCAA also has said it will investigate Michigan State for its actions or inaction during the period of time Nasser was assaulting student athletes. And so where do we stand today now that Dr. Nasser has been sentenced, now that uh, the president at MSU says she will step down? Something tells me this is not the end, not by a far sight of the discussion about how this happens, about why it happens, about how universities handle issues like this when they come up, uh, about how universities manage the relationship between the sports culture, the crazy sports culture that exists, and the need to protect students uh, from abusers, uh, whether they be other students, whether they be doctors, whether they be anyone. Uh, we want to hear from you this hour about the news that happened yesterday about the sentencing of Larry Nasser, uh, 175 years at the at the maximum of his sentence. Uh, what did you think of uh, that that number? What did you think of the way that the judge explained the sentence in the courtroom? And then we want to hear about uh, Luanna K. Simon and the presidency at Michigan State University. What do you think of her decision to resign? 313-577-1019, as always, is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And joining us up front today uh, to discuss uh, many of these issues because he's somebody who has sat in many different roles uh, that would have different views of what has happened here at uh, Michigan State and in the context of colleges, in the context of sports, is Bill Martin. He is the former athletic director at the University of Michigan, has also served as a board member and president of the United States Olympic Committee. Bill, welcome to Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Steve. Yeah. So I, I first want to get your reaction to seeing all of this unfold as it has at Michigan State University and the way in which the university, the various players at the university, the various sort of parts of the university have have dealt with it. 
uh, as former uh, athletic director at U of M, I mean, you've had your own uh, issues in terms of trying to figure out when a scandal uh, comes up, how to how to deal with it. I'm really curious how you have sort of taken in all of the things that are happening at MSU. You know, let me begin, Steve, by saying that uh, I I know Luana Simon personally. She sat on the board of the National Football Foundation with me. Um, she'd been a tireless worker on behalf of Michigan State. And other than this situation, I think she's done an outstanding job moving uh, Michigan State forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting on my Olympic hat for a moment, and I did serve on the board for over 15 years of the U.S. Olympic Committee and serve as president I think everybody has to understand the U.S. Olympic Committee is an umbrella organization that has responsibility for Olympic athletes for the two weeks in the summer and in the winter when they represent our country Mm -hmm. internationally. They delegate to the different national governing bodies of Olympic sports the responsibility for training and selecting the Olympic teams. Now, I can tell you that the U.S. Olympic Committee, as an umbrella organization, has the right to decertify a group as the official national governing body. We're all operating under what's called the Ted Stevens, Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act. Ted Stevens was a senator from, from Alaska. Alaska, yeah. And uh, he's the one that was more or less the father of updating the act. Uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee ironically, was created by then-Vice President of the United States, Gerald Ford, former football player at Mm -hmm. Michigan and Mm -hmm. obviously a product of our state and the city of Grand Rapids. Um, As I think through this and have watched this situation unfold, uh, I, I think about the issues of how decentralized sports are how much we rely on everyone at every level, whether it's the local coach of a kid's gymnastics Mm -hmm. team or a kid's, you know, archery team to provide the ethical standards and moral compass to conduct their activities uh, on these kids in a most appropriate fashion. Um, I, I truly feel for everybody involved in this situation but the the story that's happened at Michigan State is similar to what happened, obviously, at Penn State, except it's 10, 20-fold because yeah. we were dealing with eight or nine athletes, young boys, at uh, Penn State. And here we're dealing with, what, over 150 women? Yes. Uh, it's it's just uh, mind-boggling the size of it. It's the biggest scandal in sports history, uh, particularly at the collegiate level. And um, it's going to it's only just began. Mm-hmm. What we've seen now is the sentencing and fate of Larry Nasser. I, I am so proud of those young women who came forward and had the guts to speak as they did in Lansing this last week. Uh, and particularly for the young lady who um, originally went forward to an Indianapolis newspaper and uh, publicly spoke uh-huh. about what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I sat here and thought, well, what would I be doing if I was still president of the U.S. Olympic Committee? Sure. Or if I was president of 
of the NCAA, Mark Emmerich, at this time. And what I would have done or what I would do is I would have a meeting immediately of all the presidents and executive directors of every single one of the Olympic sports, or if you're talking about the NCAA, every president of the college, every athletic director, at whether it's Division One, Two, or Three, mm-hmm. and we would sit down and we would talk about this issue and we would go over what are the steps we can take and should take at this particular time to minimize or eliminate going forward any Larry Nassar's uh, being able to uh, be pedophiles, right. again, frankly. Right. Uh, and there are steps can take. It is common sense, and I think everybody knows it. You do not allow one doctor to be in a private room with one kid. Right. Or adult. And people have brought that up several times about, you know, how, how the protocols worked here. But, but then there's the question of once you have a problem, once you identify that something like this is going on, how you, how you deal with it. And, and I think uh, that, that, that you'd have an interesting perspective there, too, uh, from your role as AD at, at, at the U of M, sure. where, where certainly issues must have come up where you had, you know, uh, uh, misconduct or, or, or uh, inappropriate kinds of things happening with, uh, with students. What is the, what's the right way to deal with that, I guess? Well, that's a very good question, and I think everyone has to understand to begin with that there are federal rules, HIPAA, that prevents you from talking publicly mm-hmm. about any medical condition of any student, whether they're an athlete or not. So we talk about wanting transparency, but transparency doesn't mean that you publicly broadcast sure. what's happened with respect to any individual student or student athlete. So it, it's it's a very tough situation to handle given given some of the federal guidelines. Um, you would love to be able to be totally transparent on these situations. Mm-hmm. The point is what you do when you have a situation of this nature with the people involved, not the pot- uh, potential victim. Right. And that is you have to take them right out of the situation immediately and not let them have any direct contact with students or athletes going forward. And that seems to be one of the critical mistakes here at MSU. Yes, is that they didn't do that when when it exactly. was clear. Exactly, and and as I understand it, and I've heard this from trainers that I know directly in the field of gymnastics, that Larry Nasser was looked at as you know the ultimate. There wasn't a better doctor that a young gymnast couldn't go to to be treated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's something that you know <laughs> we've got to take a look at. Right. I, and again, I, I, as I thought through it, I said, you know, we've got to train more women sports doctors who can work with the young women in yeah. uh, USA Gymnastics. Um, we at Michigan have a full-time female physician who works with our women mm-hmm. athletes all the time, and we did, uh, I think, for the last 15-plus years. 
Wow. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, my guest is Bill Martin. He's the former athletic director at the University of Michigan, also served as a board member and president of the United States Olympic Committee. We're talking about the scandal involving Dr. Larry Nasser at uh, Michigan State University. He was sentenced yesterday to 40 to 175 years uh, for sexually abusing uh, more than 140-some women, uh, young women, involved in sports at MSU uh, and with USA Gymnastics. Also yesterday, Luana K. Simon, who's been the president of MSU since 2003, announced that she will resign in the wake of the scandal and the things that were done or not done to prevent Larry Nasser from abusing students. Uh, we want to hear from you about what you think about all of this news yesterday, but also casting forward to the things that we need to discuss to make sure that things like this don't continue to happen. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. A lot of folks lined up on the phones already to talk about this. If you get us on Facebook or Twitter, it's sometimes a faster way to get your comments into the conversation. Uh, Dan in Warren, you're up first on Detroit Today. Hi there. Hi, Dan. Uh, the, the, the reason why I called is I was a, a dean, an academic dean of a career college in Flint, and I mm -hmm. had to uh, administer a sexual harassment claim, one student against another. And I, I think that there must be something wrong with the culture at Michigan State that when people came forward and said that something was going on, that it wasn't immediately investigated. That's what I had to do. I immediately, within, within 12 hours, I talked to all the complainants, and, and two or three witnesses and, and the actual person and had to, because if, if, if an organization doesn't act when somebody's making this complaint, the, sort of the rule of thumb is the organization is actually liable, is liable because sure. they're partly guilty yeah. uh, for, for covering it up. And I think the president of Michigan State should have done something sooner. If, if either one of two things was wrong. Either you got an organization where that sort of bad news doesn't get to her desk and that's a problem. Or that they're that wait a minute, this Nasser, he's one of the best in what he does. Are you really saying that he would do a thing like that? You know what? If somebody claims it, it has to be investigated, and clearly yeah. they didn't. Yeah, Dan, thanks very much for the call uh, and the insights there. And I think uh, uh, Bill Martin, you probably could reflect the same kind of insight to, in, into how these things get handled uh, at these at these uh, you know at these universities. Yeah, Dan is, is correct that you have to investigate immediately. The one thing that makes the Michigan State situation a little more challenging is, remember, there's another player involved, and that's USA Gymnastics. And Nasser represented USA Gymnastics. I assume he was paid by them, as well as being paid uh, in a faculty member at uh, Michigan State. And when he's working under USA Gymnastics, I don't know what authority or control or oversight responsibilities Michigan State has in that situation. Certainly right. he's an employee of theirs. Certainly they need to know what's happening. But understand that if he's off treating U U.S. gymnasts in California, 
where is the chain that links him right. to Michigan State oversight? Yeah, That's the challenge. Yes, he did look at several and treat several Michigan State athletes also, but there were two organizations that he was working for. Yes, yes. Uh, Dan, again, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Fran in Redford. Fran, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Uh, I just want to say that I was very disappointed in the way the now former president responded to this awful, tragic uh, crime. Uh, it doesn't matter whether she didn't know about it or not. It doesn't matter if she didn't have a lot of control over the operations of USA Gymnastics. The fact of the matter is it happened under her watch, mm-hmm. and she has some culpability. She should have been more, uh, uh, she, she should appear publicly to be more concerned, uh, more woeful, more apologetic to the victims and to the, their plight. She should have been more physically outraged. Yeah. Uh, instead, publicly, she seemed to be armoring herself and protecting herself and her own reputation. Uh, the, the board at MSU, they were, frankly, they were arrogant. Yeah. They were like, we're not going to address these issues. You know, we stand by our president. Right. You know, uh, instead of saying, we are going to investigate this, we're going to work with the victims, we're going to get down to the bottom, this was never happens again. These are the things that the president, she should have been saying. She acted like she had something to hide, in my opinion, and I don't believe for a moment that they didn't know or didn't hear about something going on. Yeah. They just didn't want to they didn't want to know. Fran, I, I, I really appreciate uh, you, you calling and, and interjecting that into the conversation. I have thought for the entire week or so that, that there's been this uh, tremendous contrast between these very emotional statements that uh, these women are making or have been making in the courtroom about what happened to them because of of Dr. Nasser and and you couldn't you couldn't add more emotion I think uh, to, to to those statements or to the the the, the, the setting uh, in that courtroom in which this was taking place and then uh, you know by contrast you've had uh, Luanna Simon and and board members not connecting on that level with this at all uh, talking much more about um, you know in defensive terms almost uh, of the university I, 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 and that's why I'm glad you called and, and point that out I think that contrast really uh, stands out as something we've got to acknowledge and then sort of wonder why uh, it, it, why it exists and, and and how you get to a to a better space to be able to talk about these things Bill Martin talk about as you say, you've known Luanna Simon a long time. Um, uh, talk about why we have seen her uh, or why you think we have seen her uh, in this sort of disconnected, distanced space uh, as regards the victims uh, in, this, in, this, in this issue. Right. You, you know, while she probably didn't show as much sympathy as people would have expected from her, she's also trying to, I think... Uh, protect the interest of Michigan State in this situation, and I can understand that. I think the response that everybody overwhelmingly uh, was thankful to see was that of the judge in this case. And I felt from the beginning, I was so pleased that it was a female judge Mm -hmm. that we had. 
and you look at the statements she made throughout the trial and in her closing statements, wow, was she tough. I want to be on her team <laughs> in any issue because she called it the way she saw it. She connected with the victims who spoke publicly. And, and I think that was a beginning of a healing process. And I think these young women will go on together and they will change USA Gymnastics. If they don't, they can go to the U.S. Olympic Committee and ask that they be decertified and start a new Olympic organization, which becomes the official body representing um, our country in the uh, Olympics. Right, right. Uh, again, Fran, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Laura in Detroit. Laura, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Hi. Um, Luana K. Simon has been protecting MSU over protecting victims for like over a decade. And like the only difference this time is that it's a doctor as opposed to being a frat boy or three members of the basketball team. You know, uh, uh, Laura, I think that's a really important uh, that's a really important statement to make as well. Um, uh, you know, I wonder I, I, I wonder if you can be more specific about what what you're saying she's been shielding uh, or or not not dealing with um, in terms of in terms of those things. What is it that, that you feel like she's been hiding? I'm sorry, are you there? Are you still there, Laura? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Laura. Hello? Uh-huh, yes. Hi, sorry. Uh, when cases are brought to the university, they're often, like, pushed aside or they aren't fully investigated or, like, the prosecutor's office will decline to investigate these cases, and she's always silent. I protested her office twice in the time that I went to MSU, hmm. both for, like, big publicized rape cases in which she either, like, uh, didn't make any statement at all or spoke out in defense of, like, the accused without mm. actually taking into account the fact that, like, there was a plausible case that wasn't being investigated or... Right. Yeah. No, Laura, I, I, I again, appreciate the call uh, and and the, uh, the ideas there. Bill Martin, uh, Laura's call reminds me that, that sexual assault on college campuses... Sexual assault, as it pertains to uh, athletic programs on college campuses, is a is a big deal, and it, it is not being dealt with in many cases the way that that it should. Talk about your experience uh, with that issue at the University of Michigan. Sure, sure, and I had to deal with those cases. And remember, there's a university process, there's a civil process involving the local police, and then there's an NCA oversight. And so in any one of these situations and instances, you can have three different levels of review. Obviously, from a university standpoint, you want to stand up for the rights of the victim, but you don't want to see it on the front page of the newspaper. 
I mean, you want to get these issues behind you. You want to deal with them. You want to use them as a teaching moment for everyone involved in in the university, whether it's faculty, administration, or students. Mm -hmm. I remember once we did a survey at Michigan, and I can't remember the exact results, but we were looking at what were the number of instances of all sorts of uh, inappropriate behavior, whether it was sexual or not, of student athletes versus the general population within the university. And those percentages came out very close to one another. So the issues we're dealing with are not only athletic-related, but they're university-wide related. But in terms of having a public official come out and make statements, they're there in part to to use these as teaching moments to improve the situation, but not necessarily to publicly talk about them. They want to get these behind them and move on, as I'm certain Michigan State does in this situation, as Penn State did. I mean, that's an interesting tension, too, right? This idea that uh, you want to deal with it in terms of the victim and the the, the accuser and uh, or the accused and and all of those things, and make sure that you've done the right thing. But at the same time, there's this expectation that you will be an advocate for uh, for say for uh, existence for you know for for people on on your campus. And and I think what you're pointing out there is that sometimes there's a tension between those two things. That uh, that doesn't get resolved in the way that the public might 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 always want it to be correct. And, and furthermore, in every instance where we had it, we would deal directly with the the victim and his or her family, but we wouldn't necessarily issue a press release on it. Right. It, it, it's it's a private matter, but if it becomes systemic, then it's a public matter. Right. Right. And, and people and alums of any university want to know how um, you're responding. I remember an instance where I was at an alumni event for the University of Michigan, and a fellow I knew came up and he put his index finger and punched my chest just lightly, and he said, you have just devalued my Michigan degree. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? I was stunned. He said, well, one of your athletes behaved inappropriately. And it was over a sexual misconduct uh, accusation, which Mm -hmm. proved ultimately to not be true. But you can see how that impacts the entire university and everybody who's a graduate when you have these things come up. I've never forgotten that incident. On Facebook, Elizabeth says... Simon's letter was an exemplar of narcissism filled with I and barely a word about her own leadership and failing 150 athletes. Nancy on Facebook says, if only Simon had fired a few of Nasser's accomplices in the athletics department before leaving. Again, you can always go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and hashtag us at Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation here. Let's take one more call before we take a break. Rebecca in Detroit. Rebecca, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for doing this today. I'm actually a student at MSU, and I also did child sexual abuse prevention trainings for years for both children and parents. And I just want to remind, like any listeners, that if a child or a teen comes to you and tells you that that something um, happened to them, even if it's a physician or a professional, to take it seriously. Because I think a lot of times in this case, um, children or teens came forward 
and I was brushed off because it's a physician. It's, mm. it's someone that knows what they're doing. And we just always need to take these stories seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, Rebecca, thanks very much for, for that call and sharing uh, your experience. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the be- believing and then acting, I think, uh, are the two things that, that, that we need to be able to do here and or think about in different terms to prevent these kinds of things from happening. Okay, uh, Bill Martin, former athletic director at the University of Michigan, former board member and president of the United States Olympic Committee. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. It's my pleasure, Steve. Thanks a lot. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about Michigan State, Larry Nasser case, and the building anger in East Lansing. Stay with us on Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Michigan State University President Luana Simon's resignation yesterday followed a swell of voices that were urging her to step down. Earlier in the day, the Michigan House of Representatives approved a resolution saying Simon needed to resign or be removed following the Larry Nasser scandal. The resolution read, quote, We have lost confidence in the ability of President Luanna K. Simon to lead a transparent investigation, to implement changes that will ensure it never happens again, to protect students, and to lead Michigan State University Forward. Joining us now is State Rep. Adam Zemke, a Democrat from Ann Arbor, representing the 55th State House District. Uh, he was one of the sponsors of that legislation. Adam, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, I, I've uh, been in Michigan most of my life. Uh, I've been a journalist a long time in Michigan. Uh, I went to the University of Michigan. I've covered higher ed. I don't know that I've seen. Uh, something quite as extraordinary as uh, a legislative body in this state interfering that way with the governance of a university, saying that a university president had to go. Talk to me about uh, why you felt like uh, this was the moment for that to happen. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, you know, first, thank you for having me. And and uh, really, I thought this was very serious in terms of the allegations uh, around what was happening. And I also take very seriously uh, the fact that anyone calling on a chief executive to resign is something that is uh, a serious uh, impact and a serious statement. And so uh, it really was not until uh, last week um, when the Detroit News reported and additionally President Simon confirmed that in 2014 she received notice of a Title IX uh, investigation against Dr. Nasser that uh, this elevated uh, to a scenario where I felt strongly that the state legislature should uh, express uh, support that she be removed. Um, you know, I following uh, that notification that that uh, she did confirm that uh, there was notice given around the Title IX investigation. I reached out to a number of other. Uh, friends at other universities and asked them what their administrations would have done. And uh, the response uh, definitely was 
there would have been a suspension of Dr. Nasser uh, had that been in their situation. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. didn't happen at Michigan State. And I think that is one of the key defining characteristics of this that's called out specifically in the resolution. You know, uh, for more than or nearly two years following the onset of that investigation, Dr. Nasser was still employed at MSU and he molested more young women and girls. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is the reason that we introduced that legislation. Uh, you know, it is very serious as to what happened at MSU, and clearly it is very serious as to what the administration is responsible Yeah, and, and there's no question that the legislature, as well as the university, has this obligation to ensure, you know, the public health and welfare of students, of, of faculty, of, of everybody at these universities. But but our system of governance here in the state is such that ind- uh, universities occupy this kind of independent space where uh, they're expected to, to, to govern themselves in many ways. They have uh, these, the, 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 the three largest universities have, you know, boards of people who are elected statewide uh, they face the voters just as you and the other members of the legislature do. Talk about the, the, the line crossing here, the, the idea that the legislature could insert itself into conversations about the governance of a university. Well, I think what we're saying with the resolution is not, we're not inserting our, our uh, uh, legislative body directly into the governance. And the mm-hmm. reason we're not is because we don't have the constitutional authority to right. do that. Right. Um, but what we are saying is acknowledging to the victims that there is a serious problem here and acknowledging to the community at Michigan State University that we believe as a legislative body that in order for a transparent investigation to go forward and for most importantly corrections to be made to ensure that no students ever ever have this happen to them ever again mm-hmm. uh, that uh, she, that we need to change the leadership that the uh, chief executive needs to go uh, you are absolutely correct around the governance system with the elected boards at the three major universities and quite frankly i think they should have removed president simon long before this. Uh, I was shocked last Friday when they did not do that after an emergency session. And I was still shocked uh, that she made it through the weekend. And so that's... There were a lot of people who were shocked by that. I mean, uh, it really was an extraordinary sequence uh, of of events. So State House Speaker Tom Leonard has asked House lawyers now if the legislature has the power to impeach trustees. We saw a number of trustees uh, step out on their own uh, and and make, I thought, uh, rather extraordinarily uh, questionable statements. Joel Ferguson, one of the trustees at MSU, made national news uh, with what he said. What do you think about that? I mean, there again, uh, we're, we're sort of venturing into this space where we're thinking about the relationship between these universities and state government. I think Trustee Ferguson's statements are disgusting. Uh, and uh, I think that there does need to be an investigation into uh, what's going on with the trustees at MSU. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that uh, uh, two, uh, only two trustees were uh, calling her, her to resign. I was surprised on Friday when they didn't all vote for it. I thought the statements, uh, as I said before, um, by Trustee Ferguson are just totally abhorrent. Um, but should the legislature be in the position of, of trying to, to change the makeup of those boards? That's a pretty serious uh, that is inquiry. That's a serious effort. Uh, I don't know what the. I, so I just heard yesterday, uh, it was posed to me by a reporter about the impeachment process. I don't know what that looks like. Quite frankly, it's been a 
kind of crazy 14 hours. Sure. So uh, <laughs> you're just I, catching I just, up, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I uh, I just don't know uh, what that looks like. You know, as I said uh, before, you know, I, I take this idea that a public body is making a statement that somebody should resign in a very serious fashion. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until after there was factual evidence that was confirmed by President Simon that we made uh, we started drafting that resolution. And uh, so we're going to need to go through that same process with the Board of Trustees if we're going to be engaging in this type of thing. This is not something that should be done willy-nilly. Uh, you know, elected positions by the voters, uh, elected representatives by the voters in any of these positions, uh, you know, this is the will of the voters. Okay. And so we need to uh, ensure that due process does happen. Um, but uh, I think that an independent investigation does need to happen. And uh, it needs to be very transparent, and the public needs to regain trust that uh, whenever their kids or their family members are attending MSU, that they're safe and that there's avenues in place to uh, report and to ensure that this behavior does not continue. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big part of the reason for the change in leadership. As for the trustees and the process for holding them accountable, I think we need to look more into that. Uh, and determine what that is in terms of the state legislature and the governor and what our roles are. Okay. Uh, State Rep. Adam Zemke, a Democrat from Ann Arbor, representing the 55th State House District. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Let's go back to the phones here. And if you want to join us in discussion about the things that we've seen with Larry Nassar in the last 24 hours, Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Barbara in Bloomfield Hills. Barbara, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Hi. Yes, hi. Uh I have one quick question. Uh What will be the liability of the state of Michigan taxpayer when the lawsuits from the gymnasts start rolling in against Michigan State? Well, I, I think that's a great question, Barbara. I mean, it would be very hard, I think, to put a number uh, on that, given the the number of people who probably have uh, justiciable claims against uh, the university and, and, and Dr. Nasser. But I would, I would, I would point to, I guess, uh, the Flint water crisis as maybe an interesting point of reference. Uh, we have not yet begun to see the kinds of liabilities that will pile up there, even though we know that they will be quite high. I would imagine that that you'd see this eclipse almost any other um, uh, action that we've seen in, in, in the past just because of the sheer number of people who are uh, involved and would have claims. Um, you know, uh, this is this is one of the wrinkles uh, that 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 will unfold, I think, as as this as this goes on, and it's one of the more unfortunate ones, as you point out. I mean, taxpayers are the ones uh, who are ultimately on the hook for for these kinds of things. So, thanks very much for the call and the question. Let's go to Paul in Pontiac. Paul, welcome to Detroit today. Yes, good day. Hi, how um, are you? So, my question is, in light of any kind of uh, potential criminal activity, why is not immediately either the city, county, or state law enforcement uh, either notified, and they may be, I don't know that, or activated to investigate a crime that's happened? Yeah, that's why a- is it that it seems like that, that 
everybody stands back, including the attorney general, mm-hmm. and waits for the university to come forward with what they know. Yeah, that's as opposed to just going and finding that information and acting on it. I think that's a great question, and it's a great question to be put. I think again and again to Attorney General. Bill Schuette, uh, to the prosecutors, the local prosecutors uh, in East Lansing and Lansing. I mean, uh, why did this take so long to get handled in the legal way? Why did this go on for as long as it did without uh, legal repercussion? Those are great questions as well. And those will figure in also to the liability question, I believe, uh, uh, in terms of uh, the, the lawsuits that will be filed uh, about this. Okay, uh, up next, we're going to talk about the legend and the man, Miles Davis. Interesting celebration of him and his music tonight at 6 p.m. at the Museum of African American History here in Detroit. Stay with us on Detroit Today.